It's the 920 Sports Podcast, dedicated to prep sports in the USA Today Network, Wisconsin, and beyond. Featuring Ricardo Arguello and Brett Christofferson. Produced by Jim Rosendick. And now, the best dang prep sports duo in Wisconsin, here's Ricardo and Brett. Hello everyone and welcome back to the 920 Sports Podcast, only podcast dedicated to high school sports in the Fox Valley area, I'm Ricardo Arguello, hanging out as always with Brett Christofferson and Jim Rosendick. We're all part of USA Today Network Wisconsin, and we got a good show lined up here. We're talking, and it's always a good show when you're talking about high school football in terms of the WIA playoffs, and we want to go down uh, the remaining teams in the post-crescent coverage area, maybe kind of talk about what their chances are to make it uh, to Camp Randall. That's one of the topics. That's actually the first topic we're going to talk about. Also going to give an update on girls and boys volleyball. Uh, I will, in in that respect, uh, they're at the sectional level trying to get over to the rest center and the state championships next week, as well as live stream roundtable updates and maybe a little Packers talk, Brad. I know it pains you and Rosie, but we got to talk about the Packers and uh, their struggles currently uh so far early in the nfl season but uh guys second round wi football playoffs we have eight teams count them eight left in that's the playoffs it. that's right i thought there'd be a few more but listen i think brett in my opinion of those eight teams though i think there's all of them are pretty strong contenders in terms of the teams that they bring i don't think there's any uh, uh a team that's playing above their 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 what weight class i guess in a way though Manasha is a seven seed. We'll talk about that in a minute. I don't think they should have ever been a seven seed, but those eight teams that we got, and I'm going to rattle them off here, and we'll go in depth uh, on each of them. Kimberly, Nina, Kakana, Fox Valley, Lutheran, Manasha, Winnicott, Xavier, and Wrightstown. Brett, that's, um, to me, that's a pretty strong core of eight. I mean, it's a little less than what we're used to overall number, but I don't think you can really argue that all eight of those teams are very, very good squads in their own respective ways. No doubt. Uh, like you said, a lot of them... Should continue on, I would think. Uh, there might be a team or two that that falls on the wayside here, by the wayside, but and that will be because they play each other, and probably in some respects. Yeah, I'm going to get the brackets up here in, in a little bit, but uh, well, yeah, Xavier and Winnicott play each other, right. uh, so one of those two teams will, will be out. I'm trying to remember, FEL plays Notre Dame. That's going to be a really tough matchup because I know the Tritons yeah. are pretty good with uh, what uh, James Flanagan, the Notre Dame bound recruit now, right? Yes, uh, I saw that. Former, not really a surprise for yeah, former Bear, some, son of your uh, former Bear, Jim Flanagan. Jim Flanagan played at Southern Door, right? I want to yes. say, and then went to Notre Dame, played for the Bears. He played a little bit of a cup of coffee with the Packers, too, I thought, towards the end of his career. So, well, but, let, I, Yeah, I, go ahead. Well, I'm just going to say, for these, uh, l- let's look at the WF. We're going to start with the lowest division and work our way up to D1. Okay, Brett, just kind of go D5 up to D1. Um, in D5, and I want to start with D5 because Wrightstown at Southern Door, you mentioned Southern Door, Brett. The Tigers heading over uh, to Southern Door for that D5 second-round matchup. Now, look. We all felt during the season when we saw that Wrightstown was dropping down to Division 5, primarily a Division 4 team in the past, this would be a great opportunity. I felt as well that they could maybe pop on through to Camp Randall because of just anytime you have a great team dropping down in Division, that always increases your chances. Brett, they do have a good team, or they have a good matchup this this round, though. Uh, Southern Door is no joke. They're, they're primarily a very strong program. and But I still feel Wrightstown... Just with that great run game, um, to me, I think those fare well in the playoffs because of the, the weather element, all that kind of stuff. I feel really good about Wrightstown having a long play, uh, postseason run. I do too, because of like you just said, they're their running game. They're a, a program from yesteryear, if you want to throw back. Plus, Steve Clister, I see congratulations to him. Didn't he just win his two hundredth game, yeah, career game, and all those state titles he's got? Hall of Fame coach. Like you said, I, what's the weather? Is it, weather could be a little iffy maybe on Friday night. I, I thought some... Look some, at it quick. Yeah, some, some I thought should be okay and, and clear, and I, I thought one uh, weather forecaster this morning thought there could be a little bit of rain on, well, on Friday. So Well, listen to this, though. It's six, 65 degrees. Okay, that's, that's warm. warm. That's warm, which means that it won't be snow or anything. It'll be rain, and there is a, almost a 50% chance of rain coming. All right, coming. so warm, uh, but... Uh, Rain means a slick football, right? So if you can run the ball like Wrightstown likes to do, possess the ball, control the clock, keep moving the chains, kind of play that methodical game, 
I like their chances, and you know they got a pretty good defense, and they're battle tested. Yes, uh, having come out of the Northeastern Conference, that's no joke of a league. That's that's one of the best D four five leagues in the state, primarily a D four league, right? We've seen long runs by Little Shoot and, and Freedom over the years, and uh, of course Wrightstown with its pedigree and all the, uh, the <laughs> national championships, the state <laughs> championship <laughs> uh, that they've won uh, over the years. So. Uh, but you're right, Southern Door is no joke either. They, they historically have a good program. I just think if you're comparing conferences, uh, Wrightstown going against a really good Luxembourg-Casco team in the Northeastern Conference, and the Spartans are, what, D3 uh, playing good football right now. So And the conference champs, and Wrightstown gave them a pretty good battle. So they're ready. A battle test, I think, strength of league probably favors the NEC over the Packerland, and uh, I like Wrightstown's uh, chances to move on. Well, you know, um, Wrightstown lost to Luxembourg Casco 16 to 12. Very close game. Yeah. I think there were some missed two point conversions and things like that, but that was a pretty close contest with the Tigers. That's a good Spartans team. Yeah, very right, exactly. So I think that bodes well for Wrightstown going into this game. Now, D4, two area teams are playing each other, Brett. You mentioned this earlier. Winnicani, 7 and 3 at Xavier, 9 and 1. This is a, a, a repeat of an earlier, a late season matchup between the two teams in the Bay Conference. Uh, Xavier won that one pretty easy, if I remember correctly. Um, Xavier, again, you, we talked about the run game. They have that quick, up-tempo run mm-hmm. game. Brett really puts a lot of stress on a defense. Does Xavier have any kind of... Uh, uh, no, let me rephrase that. Does Winnicani, now that they've played Xavier once, is this one of those games where you say, where, hmm, they've already played them once, the game plan's there, they know what to improve on, what to correct. Is this a dangerous game for Xavier? I think so. It's a conference team. It's not like you're going to surprise anybody. Kind of like the same question we had last week when we streamed Kimberly and Appleton North. They had just played each other in week nine, and here you are again, second week in a row, playing the same guys. So as you said before, we uh, when we kicked off the stream, there's no secrets, maybe a wrinkle or two. But um, I also know that you, meant you had talked to Menasha coach Jeremy Korth, and they're going against a team coming up that has a similar type offense like Xavier does. Yes. And he, he indicated that is very difficult to prepare for. And I'm thinking, yeah, Winnicani's got that experience, but it's probably still difficult to prepare for because you just don't see it right. week in and week out. So I'm thinking Xavier with the that hurry-up run offense, which is, I guess you call it the ground raid instead of the air ground raid. raid. Hey, I Instead's like that. That's very good. With all those different guys that, yeah. can, that can put up well, yards, I yeah, think they're going to move on. Yeah, Matthew Potter, uh, Reed Hippus, they have Isaiah Desjardins. I hope I said your Desjardins, name Desjardins, right. I think. Desjardins. Th- yeah, thank you, Brett. Uh, that's a really varied attack. If you ever watch, go watch them because you can see some of their past games on Huddle. Just look up Xavier football on Huddle, and you can see that quick trip. Once that play is done, they're right away forming on, on – they're getting that – that formation set again, and they're running that ball within like 10, 15 seconds. It's so fun to watch. Right, air air ground? Is that what you know? Ground, ground raid. raid. Ground raid. raid. Okay. Hmm. Well, Ricardo, well, I want to say this too about Dave Hinkins, uh, the, the coach at Xavier, who's been there a long time and has had tremendous success. One of the things I've always admired about him and his coaching staff, they tailor yeah. things to their personnel. Sometimes they're pass-heavy, like the, the Matt Ferris years, and then they, got all, they had all those receivers. And I'm, I can remember covering them way back when. I think it was against Sturgeon Bay in a, in a state semifinal at Manitowoc back in like 04, 05 mm-hmm. range. I had to go cover that, and I, I thought that they were pretty run heavy. They had Kevin Rohr back uh, back in the day. Maybe that was the Kevin Rohr years, and he was a great quarterback. That makes sense, yeah. So he, he okay, I got this great quarterback. I think we can be a pass team. Oh, I got this stable of running backs. I think we can be a run team. And then... Uh, uh, the, the name escapes me. We had him on Varsity Roundtable, but he's a he's an undersized defensive lineman. Okay, right? Uh, he was. One oh of your yes, uh, I forgot his name. Yes, he's on the defensive line. I remember we got yeah, his nose tackle, Daniel Simon, maybe. We got to look up his, his name, yeah. but uh, but being able to fit pieces that maybe at least from the eye standpoint, the eyeball test. Damn boy, defensive lineman. You want to be a big bulky guy. He's using athletes and speed, right, uh, on that defensive line. and So maybe you're giving up some size and strength, but it doesn't matter if you can't catch your opponent, right, if, the, if your opponent is a little bit faster across the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. So I've always just admired the way how he, he takes the pieces of, uh, of the puzzle and <laughs> always puts them together so well. So kudos to uh, Coach Hinkins. Uh, definitely a longtime admirer of uh, what he's been able to do with, the, with Xavier. Yeah, you know, we're looking at Division Three, also, Brett. Um, we have two matchups. Well, we have uh, two teams still left here. 
Fox Valley Lutheran at Notre Dame. Now, that is a tough matchup for the Foxes because Notre Dame is really playing well. And I think their only one loss was, was it to Bayport, I want to say. I can't remember offhand. Uh, but no, actually, I think it was a non-conference game. Manasha is at New Berlin West. Let's start off with Manasha at okay. New Berlin West. Now, I just did a story on the Blue Jays, uh, how they were for, I mean, look, we, we can talk about this all night uh, when it comes to the uh, the boneheaded mistakes that the that the HAL 9000 computer software did with the WIAA. I know there's some uh, supporters of that whole system, but to me, I think it's been, the, to me, there's been more egregious mistakes with this than maybe even the coaches when they would do it. Uh, one of them was Manasha as a seven seed. Now, look, I get it that Manasha doesn't play in the necessarily the best of leagues, right? Let's be honest. The FRCC South is not a very good league. It's basically them and Notre Dame right? And uh, in that league. But this isn't just some Johnny-come-lately program. This is a program that has stood the test of time. For the last 10, 12 years, it's been a competitor in whatever division it was been in. It has been in Division Two, Division Three, a former FBA school, for crying out loud. This isn't no... You know, this isn't no tomato can here. Manasha is a proven team. Uh, just as recently, what was a couple years ago? They're in the D three final, right. lost eight to seven. I want to say, yeah. Um, given a seven seed, you know, they're going on the road to Plymouth, a second seed, and uh, let's just say they took care of business, thirty one to eight, and it wasn't even as close as that score may even indicate. Because I watched the whole live stream, they were just destroying Plymouth. This is a team that came out of the East Central Conference, and there they finished second to Port Washington. In that conference, which is the number one team ranked, I want to say in D3, it might be the number one ranked team in the medium division of the AP poll. But boy, Brett, sometimes uh, you got to give some credence and some respect to lineage, I guess, in a way, when you look at Menasha, because they took care of business. I'm guessing, and again, we brought this up during Friday's live stream, that being a seventh seed was a motivational point okay. by Jeremy Korth, right? Because uh, going into that game, like you said, Plymouth is is, is a good program, and uh, we thought I, I was not surprised Manasha won, but to see how they basically throttled Plymouth, um, uh, like you said, a good program uh, as Manasha, the lineage, the championship lineage, but uh, I just think that Jeremy Korth kind of said, "Hey guys, apparently we're not thought of very highly here. We got right. a seventh seed." Basically, every game is going to be a road game for us. And uh, motivation or feeling slighted can be a pretty powerful uh, coaching tool as you're preparing uh, your guys uh, to get ready. Plus, I know you said they made some tweaks, too. They did. and, and uh, Personnel please, tweaks. Yeah, please check out the story again on postcrescent.com about them trying to, I guess you could call them a Cinderella because of their 7th seed, but they're not a Cinderella. Not a Cinderella. Yeah, not that's, a Cinderella. Like, that's like calling Alabama with three or four losses a Cinderella team in the pilot football playoffs. They're not. No. They're a proven program. But, yes, Brett, they did move. They did decide to play, uh, go both ways for a few of their players, maybe move some guys around. I know the big one was Ryan Johnson, their fullback. Hell of a fullback, by the way. Heck of a fullback, by Easy. the way. He, uh, he he started taking over, again, inside linebacker for them. That's two big guys that got Roman sideline to sideline now with him and Ian Doms. I mean, sometimes those tweaks, you got to give coaches, you, you got to ding coaches a little bit for maybe just not putting them there in the first place. But then you also have to give coaches credit, Brett, for moving guys you know, when, when it's obviously not working or, or, or there's a gap or whatever in the defense and, okay, listen, let's let's move him over there and then it pays immediate dividends. That's what's happened. It's, and, and that's sometimes all it takes in, in, in the football playoffs is to tweak that lineup a little bit, Brett. You got your team playing at an A-plus level, which is what they're doing. They really shut down. But I think it was they allowed 150, 160 yards total to Plymouth. And that's a very good team, traditionally a very good team as well. And, Brett... Who knows? These Blue Jays, I like that side of the bracket that they're on. I think they got a shot, um, you know, making it uh, pretty far, possibly to the D3 title game. Who knows? Hey, I, I do want to ask you, and I ask you this during the Friday live stream too, but maybe a different audience listening to this. Do we need to go back to coaches seating based on the two okay. years of uh, computer seating? We can all, I think, uh, offer our opinions on that. To me, I, I don't. I think what you need, and I'll to ask Rosie and, and you, Brett, on this. I think you need to have a hybrid system. Have the, have the computer pick out the seeds and then make alterations. You know, upon that, maybe get a, 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 a what do you call it? A board of directors 
that can maybe look at an ar- ar- arbitrator, maybe an arbitrator. Ar- arbiter. To yeah. me, I, to me, I said uh, uh, Travis Wilson from Wisconsin Sports Network would would be the probably logical choice because he knows the whole state on a on a, on a macro level. Um, that would be a good choice, or, or it doesn't necessarily have to be Travis if they don't want to go that way as well, because he's obviously affiliated with the coaches association and things like that. You could have it be someone outside of it. Either way, you got to have human eyes on it, in my opinion, human eyes on it, because some of these these uh, obviously look. I don't. Want, I'm not going to try to pick on the city conference of Milwaukee. Well, but that's a good. But example. that's a great example. And look, and it's nothing against. Them. They don't play outside their conference, yeah. so you can't get a gauge on how really good they are. And when you can't get a gauge on how good they are, you cannot be giving them number one seeds just based off of standing records in, in, within their conference play. To me, hybrid system works best. Let the computer pick some preliminary matchups. Tweak them as we go along. Come on, Milwaukee Marshall should have never been a one seed. Same thing with Milwaukee King. Um, it, it was when you have eight and one episodes, and you do have those on occasion. It still looks bad when those are consistent, consistent eight one upsets, and that has been a consistent thing with uh, the Milwaukee City Conference. It's one thing if you have an anomaly. It's another thing when that's a you right because we could pretty basically do your taxes to this. You know, there's a couple of truths. The number one seed in the City Conference is going to get smoked. That's just that's just it, right? That's not. That's not. There's nothing wrong with saying, "Listen, we got to change that because that's not an anomaly that happens every every year." So, me, hybrid system works best. Rosie, I agree. Hybrid system. Yep. I would agree. Uh, I would even maybe go back a little bit more to coaches' seatings again. Um, I don't. You know, I, I guess I'd be kind of curious to see how a hybrid system could work. If you if you use the computer, but then all of a sudden we're like, well, we don't like this. But th- so then, in, in, in essence, you're going with the coaches anyway. So I don't know. I think r- the current system stinks. Okay. From that standpoint, from our standpoint, from a covered standpoint, you used to get dogs in the first round. You know, when you're thinking about a live stream. Well, boy, what are we going to do here? Well, now we get a Kimberly Appleton North. I thought Appleton North was underseated at number seven. Yes, they definitely were big time. Uh, but. From a coverage standpoint, I'm like, well, that's a good live stream. Mm, that's going to be a real good game. So selfishly, from a work standpoint, I kind of like the disarray. But from a competitive standpoint, listen, you said 8-1. Not only is it consistently, it seems to be happening with the computer, but when DePier as an 8 seed is beating Milwaukee Marshall 60-8, to that is messed up. Uh, that, that seating is completely messed up. Uh that needs to be fixed, and that's a constant it, it, thing. Again, it's a farce for the WIA right, right. now. And frankly. look, and I understand those who support the system saying, "Look, we always there's always eight one upsets." Yeah, but they're more in the realm of like the ten to seven we saw from the seven and two, right? From North and Kimberly, they're not. But every time you have a city school, it's always a complete demolishing, almost always. Uh, when it comes to the higher seed versus the lower seed, and that speaks volumes, you got to change something within that system. Now I don't know. There's obviously going to be no 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 tweak or any change to it that's going to please everybody, but you can't have that. You can't have DePierre going all the way down to Milwaukee Marshall, whooping Marshall, and then you know then basically Brett they're they're playing on the road the rest of the way. Yeah, because they're seated so low. Right. It just it made it made no sense, and uh, I know there are other examples as well. Wasn't, some, wasn't there one in Division Two? Let me let me look that up. If uh, yeah, Germantown, uh, Germantown taking down Milwaukee King. Now that was a closer game, fifteen right. to nine, but it's still an eight and a one, yeah. and the eights beating the one. So somehow they they need to fix that because, like I said, it's a bad look on the WIA right now, and, and how that's all being uh, mapped out, bracketed out. And I'm sure there's a solution. But for it, the way, what is the old saying? It is what it is, and you just kind of keep playing the way this is going. And there's some great matchups coming up, but uh, they got to fix that. There's no doubt about it. Well, to get back to the point, I think Manasha uh, is going to win this next uh, game as well against New Berlin West. I know New Berlin West. We talked about it earlier. Brett has a very run-oriented offense and might be tough to prepare for. But Manasha, uh, the coaching staff has been there, done that before in terms of getting you know, their team ready to get a win in the playoffs. So I feel good about Menasha here. Now, look, Fox Valley Lutheran, I love Fox Valley Lutheran. Liam Hyges, one of my favorite quarterbacks. You know, they got a, a really good running back, Jack Egan. Heck of defenders, too. Uh, they got on the defensive side of the ball. But Brett, at Notre Dame, uh, I want to say, you know, every uh, underdog has a shot here. But, man, Notre Dame's really good. Yeah. I, 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 to me, they're the best team in that division. 
Um, and we know that because, well, first off, they really took care of Manasha in their, their, their one-only match. So yeah. I feel really good about Notre Dame against Fox Bay Luther. But could that upset happen? Is there a possibility? Sure. It's high school. It's high school okay. sports, right? But I, 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 I'm picking the Tritons to win that game just based on uh, what they've done the season schedule-wise. So, But who knows? Uh, again, it could be a sloppy night. Uh, that that certainly could hurt the the, the passing game yes. of, of Fox Valley Lutheran. I know the Foxes no, like I, to throw it. I just does run well. He does run well too. So uh, anything can happen. In high school sports. There's no surprises uh, necessarily. Too much anyway. But I'm still going to give the edge to uh, to Notre Dame in that one. Definitely one of the better games of the night coming up in D2. Brett West appear at Carcona. That's a coin flip. Uh, to uh, me. That that has become quite the rivalry between the the ghosts and the phantoms. Uh, you make your jokes already uh, about that ethereal kind of matchup. You <laughs> right know. around Halloween time. Yes, right? exactly. West appear Carcona. Brett, a boy. It, it, it is a heck of a matchup. Carcona beat West appear. I think in week two this season. I think it was a very close game, if I remember right. Yeah. Um, Kakana's coming in really on a high. They, they they really had a strong second half of the season, punctuated with wins over North and, and Kimberly. Kimberly and Kimberly. Um, Brett West appear though. Look at look. Their only losses were to Kakana and Bayport. That's to me. That's pretty. I don't want to say impressive losses, but you know those are those are two heavyweights right there. So West appear. I think this is going to be a very close game. That's going to come down right to that last drive, possibly. Yeah, 25-22, Kakana beat West Pier in Week 2. That was at West Pier. So, uh, I, 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 like I said before, I think it's a coin flip game. I, I, that's a pick em. I, I don't know who's going to win that one. I'm not going to make a prediction on it. I guess maybe I'll give Kakana the edge just because they beat the Phantoms earlier this year and come out of the Fox Valley Association. Uh, but they seem to be evenly matched, and I think you're right. I think it's going to come down to uh, the end. Two really good quarterbacks, uh, Chauvald and Dorio, going to be squaring off. Two good defenses. Is uh, Langdon Nord- Nordgaard, is he back uh, for the Phantoms? I thought he was he Yeah, was I thought he was injured, too. I, don't, I guess it's the status to, that I know of is uncertain. They're a talented wide receiver, so um, in fact, I can check on that. But a coin flip game, I think. It's going to be a, down to the wire, like you said. But uh, I will give the. I guess I'll give Kakana the edge, uh, again, with strength of schedule. Now, Rosie, you remember that state semifinal last year. You guys did that game. Well, you, your thoughts on that? Because both quarterbacks return. It's a it's it's a matchup of Showald again and Dorio, the FEA Player of the Year, uh, by the way. That second that that playoff game came down to turnovers, didn't it? If you remember right, yeah, yeah, turnovers, and then uh, I want to say um, uh, the running back for yeah Najee uh, West- Mitchell, yeah Najee Mitchell, kind of he was I think he was the difference maker okay. down the. Yeah. At the end there, and, and I then, think he's doing good things at the collegiate level. I have to double check that, but I think I saw a couple highlights from him as well. It was a, it was a good yeah. game for about three yeah. quarters, and then West Appear kind of took off. By the way, Nordgard did play against uh, Menominee oh. Falls. He had a catch for 15 yards, so that's good to have him back. Right, very talented wide receiver as well. So, um, should be fun. Uh, yeah, Rosie, do you see it as a pick 'em as well? I do, I do. That's just too. I think whoever makes, like you said, um, could be last drive or. Whoever makes the least mistakes. I think that's what a lot of playoff games come down to when you think yeah. about it on a macro level, right? It's like it's, yeah. It comes down to which team doesn't make the big mistakes because they're so magnified uh, at the high school level. Look, we're going to D1 here, and, and, and we're, our live stream is Stevens Point at Kimberly. Brett, I'm going to finish with that one because I want to talk about Chippewa Falls at Nina uh, to start. Now, we were at uh, the game last week, Kimberly Appleton North, the first round game, and we we're watching with uh, kind of like hmm, Chippewa Falls taking down Hudson. Brett, is that another eight one? I think that was another eight one matchup. So you saw Hudson go down. Uh, the the is it the Big Rivers or Six Rivers? I can't big, remember. Big Rivers, big rivers yeah, over yeah. there uh, with with Hudson and and Chippewa Falls taking them down. Those are always dangerous matchups when it's two conference it teams is. playing again. So I don't want to lament on the on the eight one matchup because when they're conference teams, that's that's a little different. Uh, but Brett, Nina, and I know that we don't know the status of of Evan Van Evenhoven, but at this point, Ashton Van Beek is no longer a freshman. No, he's played a lot of football, hasn't he? And right. done a nice job. A nice yes. job as a freshman. He's had Incredible a grow- job. He's had a grow up in a hurry, and that might be one might be one of the best stories uh, in our area about his growth and maturation as a quarterback. Brett, I feel really good about Nina in this one. Primarily because a thing that people don't talk about is their defense. I think their defense is better than what people give them credit for, and they kind of get lost in because we have an area of great defenses here. Let's be honest. Nina's defense, I think, is going to set the tempo. And then when you got my guy Grant Dean running for what five touchdowns, it seemingly every game. 
that's a hard combo to 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 beat, you know, Brett, in terms of the Rockets. And I could see a what's it, Rockets Kimberly in round three. We'll talk about the Kimberly matchup in a little bit, though. Your thoughts on Nina? I agree, and I agree with what you said. Chippewa Falls beating Hudson twenty one fourteen. I don't think that's a big deal necessarily. I know it's eight one, but like you said, with two conference teams, uh, not as a surprise because they know each other. So uh, you know, the Nina fans were thrilled that yes. Chippewa Falls won. Be- Otherwise, you're looking at what about a four-hour bus ride across Thank the you. state, Brett. That's a great. I don't think that can be underscored. That's huge. Yes, having being able to sleep relatively soon after the game in your own bed. That's big. I mean, Chippewa Falls got a three-hour ride basically on this to, to come over here. That's a, that's a, that's a good bus ride just to go play a high school football game. So you added tack on about another hour. I've I've made that trip many many times. I have as well to Chippewa Falls. <laughs> oh, yes. I, even to Hudson because okay. uh, I have family right across the river in Stillwater, Minnesota. So you, oh. you always take. I-94, and there's Hudson, cross the river at the St. Croix, and head north for a few miles, and you're in Stillwater. They're basically neighboring communities. So um, love that area, by the way. Beautiful part of the uh, the country there in western Wisconsin, eastern Minnesota. But uh, but you know, uh, Steve Young, did, the last thing he wants to do is, is haul gear on a coach bus and uh, be riding for hours, and these kids get kind of lazy and stiff. You know, how do you get them? Uh, up for after a bus ride, you know it could be a uh, could be a sloppy night, so mm-hmm. now you don't have to worry about it, right? They can all relax. They could be on their home field and and uh, have Chippewa Falls come this way. I agree. I think you mentioned Ashton Van Beek and his growth as, as a quarterback. I think Nina's growth defensively has been just as important. Remember, we saw them week one really struggle against a DePere team. Yep, uh, it was a high scoring game back and forth, and at the defense week by week has just really locked in and, and done a nice job of. Uh, of playing some really good football. So Grant Dean's dangerous, whether he's an offensive player, whether he's on the defensive backfield, whether he's a return uh, specialist. Uh, I, I like the Rockets in this one. I like the Rockets pretty easily too, frankly. I, th- I think they're going to win by a couple scores. Before I get Rosie's thoughts on that real quick, Quentin Lumsden, that's the Xavier that's, undersized there you tackle. Go. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. He was on our couch, and I'm like, man, the guy it looks like he's a wide receiver. Yeah. And he's a defensive tackle. And good. And very good. Yeah, he's, got a, uh, he's got speed. He's yeah. got quickness. So. Quentin Lumsden. Sorry, Quentin, for uh, botching uh, uh, your name and your recognition earlier. We were talking about Xavier and Winnicott. Rosie, Nina, to me, I think you feel the same way. I do. I do. I think... <clears throat> Granted, I I want to say Triple Falls has been pretty good the last few seasons. Yes, they've they've been competitive. Um, but I I just think Nina's on a different level. So strength of uh, schedule again, right? Yeah, FVA versus yeah. Big Rivers. Ta- oh, there's no comparison. <laughs> Talk Sorry. about being battle tested. So. Yeah, I don't um, say that with any arrogance, or I just it's no. just a, it's a fact. Yep. Now th- this Stevens point at Kimberly matchup is interesting from the point that now um, point. Really had to what a turnaround they had to pull the the rabbit out of the hat to yeah there has been a great turnaround Brett you're right incredible uh, to go from where they were to nine and one this year but boy they had to survive Wausau West again that's another conference, conference matchup game yeah. that's where you got to be careful with those conference matchups we saw that against North and Kimberly yeah you know that wasn't a seven seed so Stevens Point at Kimberly look Point has some playmakers that's and I saw them earlier this year against Hortonville. Uh, yeah, you were they, impressed with them. Be, I, I told you, Brett, at the time, I'm like, you know, they're they're better than people give them credit mm-hmm. for. They got playmakers. Um, this could be a dangerous game for Kimberly. I'm picking Kimberly to win, but Stevens Point, they got a shot here, and it, it might be one of those games, Brett, you talked about it being rainy, maybe a little sloppy. Now, Kimberly is not known for making mistakes on offense in terms of fumbles and things like that, you know, consistently. But you never know. This is one of those games where maybe a, a bad snap, something like that happens, and then you're looking at Stevens Point maybe stealing a win. I think Kimberly has to be careful here. I th- Well, yeah, no doubt. <clears throat> I'm looking at Spash's schedule right now. Only loss was to week one to McMonago. Yes. 35-7. Now, that was kind of a lopsided game, and you're thinking, ooh, it's going to be a rough season for Stevens Point, although McMonago is always a pretty solid, pretty right. good pro- program. Since then, peeled off nine straight wins, and you got scores of – some of the scores here, 26-10 over Hortonville, like you said. You saw that game, 41-9 over Rapids, 28-16 over uh, D.C. Everest, 27-7 over Wausau West during the regular season. Of course, they uh, handled the Lumberjacks, Wausau East, 42-7, 21-zip over Marshfield, 56-6 over Appleton West, and then that takes you into the playoffs where they had the comeback, 32-31 victory. So this hasn't been like smoke and mirrors. They've been throttling yeah. teams pretty good. So uh, I'm really anxious to see this one. I think this is a great live stream for us. you got Two big time schools, name recognition, right? Kimberly and Spash, nine and one Spash, eight and one Kimberly. Having said all that, though, and I know I've been talking a little <laughs> bit about Spash, the focus goes on the defending Division One state champs right. and Kimberly. 
that defense is special. The papermakers, I think, you said it too, right right up there, like 1A, 1B as far as Appleton North and right. how great they are defensively. Sawyer Hanlon and, and Sam McGivern along that defensive line for the for the papermakers, what what an absolute headache those Good guys point. are. They always seem to be making plays into the backfield, opening things up for the linebackers, making life a little bit easier for the defensive backfield because the quarterback's always on the run. It doesn't seem like there's offensive linemen that can block these guys consistently. But having said that and having singled out those two guys, they have playmakers at linebacker. They also have playmakers at quarterback because when there are times when the quarterback does have uh, time to throw and the pocket's clean, there's nobody open yeah. uh, consistently. And, and they're, they're, they're really shutting down the run game linebacker, shooting those gaps. So I think that uh, Kimberly defense is good. I think the Kimberly defense is good enough to take that team to Madison. I think that's how special that they are on that side of the ball. And... You know, you got Marcus Doucette has evolved as a nice one-two punch with Gavin Tyson in the in the offensive backfield. Uh, Pendleton's played well at quarterback. I think first uh, team all all FBA quarterback. And Brett, if I may interject, I think um, I really like the development and uh, and, and the ascending play of Veith. Bryson Veith. Yeah. Yes, I think he's an underrated offensive weapon. Yeah. I think that he can have a big night uh, depending on what the matchups are with the defensive backfield of Stevens Point. That's a guy maybe to keep an eye on as the playoffs progress. Because to me, uh, he was he was a complimentary component early on for Kimberly, but now has become more of like uh, I don't. Do I see a go to guy? Maybe, yeah. Oh yeah. A go to guy. Yeah. I think he and Pendleton have a really nice connection right now. Don't forget about a kid like Brennan Grams. All of a sudden, yep. he, he comes in and makes a couple plays. But uh, Veith, he had a was that that catch in the back of the end zone? Uh, he, he he was uh, yes was yes. That, uh, Remember we we couldn't believe got yeah. caught. I, yeah. I think there were two or three North defenders. It was like wow, what a catch! Seems like Pendleton really knows Veith and that he'll put the ball a little bit high. And uh, Veith's got the jumping ability. He'll go up and uh, grab that ball. And yeah, that's a really nice uh, combination there. So uh, I like Kimberly. I've said it many times. Until the the, the the king has been knocked off the top of the mountain, how do you go against uh, the papermakers? And 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 Rosie, let's let's not forget, it's at Kimberly yep. Papermaker Stadium, and 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 the papermakers. You know, the the last thing what they want to do is get exited out of the playoffs on their own turf. Am I right? We've been there so oh, many yeah. times. <laughs> yeah, and I I don't think it's going to happen. And I think you guys hit the nail on the head. I think Veith is your di- or difference maker in this okay. game. I think he's the one that will he'll be the difference maker. Okay, I, Rosie, we're putting it out there. That, that's my that's my uh thing. And uh whenever before we transition to uh uh the next subjects, I do have Okay. one one football. Yes, it's, it's I don't know if we uh, you want to move on, but No, go ahead. <clears throat> I'm going to give you guys three players from the area and I want you to do a comparison to a pro player oh. retired or uh, playing now. Okay. All right. First one, Brock Arndt. And I'll give you my who I think. And you can, <clears> if you <throat> want to do two, you can too. His intensity and his hard hitting. Uh, We're comparing him to a pro player? Yeah. An NFL pro, player? Uh, here, here, present or past. Present or past. Have fun with it. He's fast. He reminds me a lot of the linebacker from the Carolina Panthers. That middle guy. He... he Great career, but it kind of ended short. Dan Morgan, was it? Hmm. Yeah. No, no, no. Is, is that right? That who I'm thinking right, of? right? Yeah, Dan yeah. Morgan. Um, just the way he can he can go from sideline to sideline. Um, I don't want to say Urlacher. Uh, that's who I was going to say. Well, here's the reason why I don't say Urlacher is because, I mean, Urlacher was 6'4". Kind of a, remember, he was a safety. Yeah. Uh, to me, he seemed more like Dan Morgan from Carolina, I want to say. But go ahead, Brett. I'm sorry. If, it, if he hits, fits the Urlacher mold for you. That's what I'm going to say because uh, Arndt's got that big body, that big frame, and he's got the speed and, and, and hits hard and, and plugs holes. And, and once he once he gets a hold of you, you're down. Remember we talked about when he tackles you, he, he tackles you. Yeah, he hits you. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. He's not just going to kind of bring you down. He brings you down so you feel it. And I, I he's got a little Urlacher in him as was okay. am I going to say. Well, who was your second guy? Uh, my, uh, well, I, w- and I was almost thinking Mike Singletary. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Mike Singletary, here's the reason why I, I didn't want to compare Mike Singletary. Because Singletary, Mike Singletary was a little undersized. Yeah. He was barely six feet. He was really yeah. more 5'11". Yeah. But Art is a built dude. He's yeah. a big guy. <laughs> big he is. Yeah. Uh, where's, second where's, guy. Where's he going, by the way? Somebody's going to get a good player. Yeah. Someone's getting a good player. Really yeah, good yeah. player. Uh, Grant Dean. Grant Dean. He's a little. He's a little uh, dif- more difficult to kind of uh, put like in terms of a comparison because he does everything so well and he's a two-way outstanding player. Um, 
As a running back, I think he hasn't really hit his sweet spot yet, even though he has incredible numbers. Um, because as a defensive back, I, first off, I can't believe he didn't make first team yeah. all FVA. Yeah. That's shocking to me because uh, if I was starting a defensive backfield, he might be the first guy I take him along with the Kakana kid, Van Dinter. But um, boy, who would I compare him to? I don't know. That's a tough one, Rosie. Okay. A tough two way player. How about Alvin Kamara? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Slithery, right? Yeah. Uh, hits that hole, and then all of a sudden he's got As those a running jets back, to sure. turn on. Yeah. I was going to say Christian McCaffrey. Ooh, that's not, yeah. Yeah, he does catch well. <clears throat> that yeah. is true. That's a good one. That's a real good one. Yeah. Okay. That or LT? CMC. Nah, LT was a linebacker. No, Ladinian. Oh, okay, my bad. The other LT. Yes. Uh, yeah, I like the McCaffrey comparison. That's very good. And who was your third guy? Uh, Sam McGivern. Now, McGivern, to me, you mm. could look at a lot of guys that are like him um, that create a lot of pressure. Because let's be honest, yes, he's a good run defender, Brett, but I think he really, like you said earlier, creates a lot of pressure with him and Hanlon. I want to say... And I think they're misusing him. And Brett, you agree with me too. To me, he is—he's—he he doesn't have the, the the lankiness of Van Ness, but he reminds me of the way he pressured guys in Iowa. At Iowa, Van Ness was a heck of a pass rusher, right? And I don't think the Packers are using him right, but that's another conversation. Uh, but to me, in that mold, you kind of want to say J.J. Watt, maybe or T.J. Watt, maybe a little bit, just uh, just in terms of the build, maybe. But uh, to me, it's hard not to look past those comparisons. I guess if I had to say it. Whew, that's a tough one. There's a lot of good D linemen. I was kind of looking up some guys just to get a, get an example. How about Cam Jordan of the Saints? There you go. That's, that's a, a good that's one. A good one. I think a high motor, right? Yeah. Always being disruptive. Well, Max Crosby, Max of the, Crosby of, of the Raiders. Man, that guy. Let me that tell you, I nuts. saw him. Yeah, he never stops. Never stops. But uh, yeah, why? What? Who'd you have, Rosie? Well, I did have him as Watt originally, but then I thought, you know, he he really can take over a game and he can change it. And I thought. Maybe this is a reach, but I'm thinking Reggie White possibly. Whoa, that's really going. That's, uh, that's hello rare territory. Air. Yeah. yeah, that's rare. That's, air. That is he was, rare. He was, he Otherwise, be the best ever. Yeah. Uh, they, then when I came back to reality, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go back to one half the New York Sack Exchange. I'm going to go with Joe Klecko. Whoa, there we go. Uh, if if Sam's name. listening to this, you might have to YouTube that name. But for us old guys, we remember so what, he, he's him Cle- and Gastineau. I was going to say he's Klecko and Hanlon's Gastineau. Yeah, yeah, maybe. We yeah, might yeah. have to talk about that on Friday the night. The New York there. Sack Exchange. Yeah. Um, no, these are good. That, that, that's an interesting uh, yeah, interesting comparisons there, uh, Rosie. So, well, we could talk about that all night because we have a lot of great players in the area. We do. We, we can compare them to NFL players. 920 Sports is sponsored by Cellcom. Unlimited data for smartphones is now more affordable than ever at Cellcom with our new unlimited plan options starting as low as $25 per month per line. No matter how many lines you need, Cellcom has you covered. Visit Cellcom.com slash Unlimited Plus for details. ETS Performance. With locations in Appleton and Green Bay, ETS Performance trains serious athletes of all ages and backgrounds. ETS Performance is the premier sports performance facility in Appleton and Green Bay. Cooney's Embroidery and Sportswear. Get your team, club, or business name out there with Cooney's Embroidery and Sportswear. They customize products specifically to fit their customers' needs. Delivery service is available. Contact them today at 920-731-0922 or Cooney's0922 at sbcglobal.net. I want to update everyone because uh, we have volleyball sectionals uh, coming up. And we already know for, for the area, uh, Appleton North boys advanced uh, to the sectional finals, which I believe is Thursday. And uh, the girls volleyball uh, sectional finals or sectional semifinals are this Thursday. We have in Division One Appleton North versus Kakana at Preble. And then Hortonville versus Bayport at Preble. Division two, Wapaka at Mosinine. Now I know what you're thinking, Wapaka. Hmm. What do they do in the sectional semis? Well, they got a very good young uh, a sophomore. I want to say uh, whose name it, it, some for some reason her name eludes me right now. But she, I think she's the number one sophomore in the state. That's what she's basically the team. She's carrying that team on her back. They're playing at Mosinine to D two, and then the other big one. Oh, brother. Big match rematch of Fox Valley Lutheran at Xavier. Yikes. To me, these are the two best teams in Division Two. We can talk about why 
They always seem to put those teams in the same quadrant, but that's what we have here. Unfortunately, Fox Bay Lutheran ranked number two, I want to say. They just came off a sweep of Luxembourg Casco, Brett, so you know they're legit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're playing at Xavier uh, in another Saints, uh, sectional semifinal. Division three, hey, it's our girls from St. Mary Catholic, the Zephyrs. They're hosting Bonduel. So, Brett, look at that. North and Hortonville, I think, are the two best teams in that D1. We're going to have someone from there popping through the state, right? And Kokona, don't forget about Kokona. But then Wapaka at Mosini, FVL at Xavier. We're going to have a D2 team there. And I feel really good about St. Mary Catholic popping through yep. to the finals because Catholic, if they beat Bonduel, I thought myself, oh, they're going to have to go against Laconia, which was the number one seed. No, Laconia got beat by St. Mary Springs, a five seed in the regional final. So now they would probably go against, let's just assume that St. Mary Springs uh, wins their semifinal for a chance to go to state, that's a lot better than having to go against top-seeded Laconia for St. Mary Catholic. So, Brett, good matchups for our area teams. I'm going to be a busy guy, I think, next week. Brett, you know that always makes it tricky because you guys want me there for the football live stream uh, during that Friday, but I might be having to cover D1 games well, or something like that. Mike Sherry's going to have to pinch hit, isn't Maybe. he? Maybe. Either or. Maybe he'll he'll do the, the volleyball and I'll, and I'll still do the live stream because uh, we're expecting Kimberly and Nina, right, uh, for that possible quarterfinal game yeah you know of course uh i suppose we'll, we'll we'll get the guff that we seem to get uh oh, all you guys do is stream kimberly you know well come on i mean these come are on. these are monster games right now and i think they're the easy choice somebody kind of referenced that on twitter or x or whatever we're calling it uh, yesterday saying something we should we should just build a set build our set at uh, papermaker stadium <laughs> that's a good idea well first yeah. of all we, i don't think we stream too many papermaker games throughout the course of the season and then until late but that's just the way the schedule's kind of laid out though they had some big time matchups what are we going to do ignore kimberly apple north back-to-back weeks are you kidding me yeah i mean and then uh you got a, a spash which is one of our uh, our usa today network wisconsin schools that's nine and one in the co- state coaches polls in division one they're both state ranked in the top 10 that's an easy choice i agree the other, 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 well, we had two other opportunities, I guess, uh, West Pier and Kakana, but that was uh, uh, locked up as far as uh, space. And, uh, you know, Xavier in Winnicott was an option too. But when we thought about it, I mean, you got to do Kimberly Spash. I mean, that's, I don't think anybody else is streaming that game. That's so. right. And that's Friday, 6 45 p.m. Yeah. For those of you interested, that's our live stream of the week. Oh, I, I can't, before I move on from the, from the volleyball stuff, Kimberly, I'm sorry, Appleton North plays Kimberly Boys Volleyball Saturday, 4th. 30 p.m. for a shot to go to the rush center by the way out of our sectional so congratulations to both north and kimberly boys volleyball brett uh before we go to the packer stuff want to let everyone know tonight and rosie hopefully you can get this podcast out so we can get everyone situated tonight we're having nina girls tennis on the round table so just letting everyone know they're coming in to talk about the great season that they had reached the state semifinals uh over there uh, this past weekend at the team tennis tournament so we'll have the nina girls volleyball team or nina girls tennis team on the varsity roundtable tonight uh at seven o'clock brett i know it pains you but the packers are not a very good team and i know it hurts you to say it but you have to admit that come on let me hear it they're they're not playing well right now are they but before we talk packers what this uh got this notification from our friends at the milwaukee journal sentinel that the brewers have given the Mets permission to interview manager Craig. Council. Oh, so that rumor, so that rumor, huh? Is, Could uh, Council be uh, on the bone on his way out working with David Stearns well, what, again? What does that mean then? Do they, if they give permission, do they get like some sort of compensatory well, pick? I thought his contract was up. I thought, oh yeah, I, th- I thought uh, Council was basically a free agent. So I'm not sure how this is all. I have to. I have to read the story. I'm just uh, reading what I got from a push alert. So, but Mets. anyway, back to the Packers. The Mets. Come on. Is this is this life in the post Hall of Fame quarterback era right now? Welcome to the Terror Dome, my friend, because I love it uh, as a Bears fan that you guys are having quarterback problems and issues. Welcome to the rest of the league, my friend. Which is so <laughs> odd because Love started out like gangbusters, what six TDs and no picks in the first two weeks. Uh, you got game tape on him, and this is what I'm telling the other meatball Bears fans who are getting all over Tyson Bajent. In his 160 yards, where he didn't throw a pass 12 yards down the field, it's not when they get, <laughs> go back and watch that game. He didn't throw anything past 12 yards. It was dump offs and tunnel screens and and you know uh, with check downs to to tight ends and stuff. It was it was basically the games where Fields got vilified. 
because they said he didn't throw downfield. Bajan basically had that same type of game and a run game, by the way, that was re- really running well. I don't know what happened to the Raiders. Their, their defense looked terrible. Even Max Crosby did not have a good game. I was really shocked at that, Brett. But to get back to the point, there's tape now on Bajan. That's why he's a Bears fan. I'm like, eh, let's just wait a little bit. Let's wait for a game or two or three and, and see what defenses do, Brett, because I said this way back after the Bears game. Just wait till Love has tape on him. Defenses know what to take away from him. And we've seen him struggling. But I will say it is a co-partnership here. Getsy has to help his quarterback. He has to help the quarterback. It has to be there has to be you know yin yang here, Brett, because defenses now know how to defend him. Now it's up to Getsy to you know, kind of X and O his way out of this, right? As far as Bajan goes? No, no, no. In terms of, uh, not Getsy, I'm sorry. LaFleur. LaFleur, I yeah. am so sorry. LaFleur and Love. There needs to be that partnership going forward. He has to help Love out now that they have tape on him. Yeah, it's a combo, right? This isn't just Love struggling because uh, there's some some play calls. You're like, what, what, what are we? what's going on here? And it doesn't seem to be any sort of rhyme or reason. The offensive line seems to be a mess. Uh, when love that does, never helps. Then when love drops back, he seems like he's got pressure in and his people, face. And, and people, Brett, I'm I'm sorry, I because people seem to forget that offensive line. If you don't have cohesion there, mm-hmm. the quarterback every it has a domino effect. The quarterback now has to look just a second when he's not looking at coverage and routes. He has to look down and see if anyone's right in my face. Come on, that has a domino effect. Yeah. You as Packer fans, you got to give him some time here. You got to give him some time to work that stuff out because right now they're not playing at an optimum level on the offensive line, Brett. Right, and that also not only in pass protection but run blocking. Yeah, running game has been basically non-existent. I know Aaron Jones has been hurt, uh, still trying to get work his way back from that hamstring, but they've had no running game, so that that hurts as well. So then put your put your quarterback in position to su- succeed. Maybe like they did with Bajent, maybe you're just just kind of dinking and dunking, and uh, what do they call it? Uh, death and, by a thousand paper. And cuts? what's wrong with that? You know, I thought nothing. Lafleur, I thought Lafleur was right when he said if our defense holds a team under 20 points, we should win that game. That should be embarrassing to them because they can they can I think they can get 20 points playing conservatively on offense. Don't you think? Well, yeah, I, absolutely. But that's the thing. Uh, I I said this. Uh, I think I said it to my wife when we were watching the game the other the other day. I said this doesn't even look like a comp any. Competent NFL offense right now. Just how there's there's especially that first half, right? Just spinning their wheels and and then, and then some of the decisions that uh, that Love is making uh, these deep throws. Uh, that is I true. Mean, he's way too in love with this deep throw right now, and it's just not connecting. So adjust, figure this out. You know they they, they got talent, but then on the other side, you'll see. We saw it. Uh, when was that? The, the Monday night game that Troy Aikman pointed out, and then was this last week too? Where there's receivers in the same, within five yards of each other. So what is going on? Why, dis- why is why is this not yeah. clicking? That means someone's running the wrong route. That that's definitely not schemed up that way. I don't so, believe. So then you then you look, and I watched that that Vikings 49ers game from start to finish on Monday night. No Justin Jefferson. Niners have a great defense, and Kirk Cousins absolutely picked them apart. And and, and it had Addison as a rookie wide receiver who played lights out. Yeah. Why? Is it just better coaching, better teaching? I don't know. I'm just asking a question. What is going on? Why, why are those guys getting open? And then you look with the Packers, and it doesn't seem like anybody's getting open, or they're 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 bumping into each other on routes. It's I just, can't believe you're saying Vikings incompetent coaching. It it doesn't seem to. It really doesn't seem, but but that was a that was a darn good performance. That yeah, it Kirk, was. Kirk Cousins put together, and uh, o, o, uh, O'Connell did for uh, as as head coach and play caller, right? Uh, Kudos to them. And so you see that and you think, whoa, those guys are coming to Lambeau Field now on Sunday after they just took apart the 49ers? Did they hit gold on Addison? That would really irk me. Addison they, and Justin Jefferson yeah, together? Yikes. And uh, that would really, yeah, it's like, come on. Seems I mean, like the, the Vikings always have good wide receivers. Yeah, don't though, they? It? They seem to make the right choices. Always have good wide receivers. Rosie, are they beating the Vikings at Lambeau? No. No, I. Wow, this isn't like Rosie to be pessimistic. I'm surprised. Well, it's realistic, maybe. I'm yeah. I mean, they're not getting better. They're getting worse every week. It's like okay, this week they should be better. Oh, they're going to beat these guys. These guys are terrible. Nope. They and they're not. They're not. They're totally inconsistent, and it, it just seems like nothing is getting fixed. Nothing is getting adjusted. Um. And I think that's probably all on coaching. But 
love is not making good decisions. Even and now uh, the old quarterback uh, Kurt Benkert, I yeah. read somewhere that he had he was on a podcast or something, and he said that Lafleur's offense is outdated and people Ooh. can scheme easily on it. And Ooh. I thought, what? We're going through this again because we went through with McCarthy, <laughs> and now you know you get this, but. And then it just, it seems like there's just, it's almost like they're playing lost and they're playing loose, but they're playing really sloppy loose. And I think that's on the coaching and the coaches. And I don't think anything is going to get, nobody's going to get let go or anything. And the people that are crying, you know, about. He's not, he's not going anywhere. No, no, he's not. And I think with love, you just got to you got to deal with it. I mean, this is where okay, dude, are you going to get better, or are you? It's just this is the way it's going to be. But you know, I guess that's for him to decide because I think he's got it. He's got it. It's there, but I think it needs to be brought out via coaching. But he's got to do a little self reflection too. Some, but I think it's I, to me. I think it's all offensive line. I think Brett hit it on the head. Yeah, offensive line. Because look at all the teams that have great offensive lines. You see, rarely do you see bad offensive performances because everybody trusts the offensive line to let them run their routes and ton time to let their quarterback, you know, you know, go through progressions, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's not like listen, and this is where people are getting all worked up over Bajan. He he. It was one read, one read throw. He, there's only a few times during that game where he had progressions because they don't trust their offensive line, right? And their offensive line actually did well with that, you know, throw within two seconds kind of thing. But you cannot, you cannot do a whole NFL season like that because teams are going to take that away from you. Brett, this, this is another question I have for you: Is Rashawn Gary healthy fully? Is he playing the entire game? I don't know if he's in the entire game because uh, that's, seems like they're still kind of easing okay. him back. The one that concerns me is is Aaron Jones. He barely got any touches again yeah they were saying he was on a pitch count or whatever yeah. so first of all i hate that pitch count it's just called it a snap count right this is football this is yeah. baseball snap count but it's like folks said if he's healthy enough to play then play i mean he wasn't even on the field in that final drive um i don't know it's just it just seems like it's just a, a overall mess but you look at three of their four losses with the raiders the broncos and the falcons a combined seven points in those three games. They're losing the close game, so they could very easily, like we said on Clubhouse Live last night, be be five and one, and all of a sudden it's a it's a completely different narrative. Um, I I, I still have ho- I have hope for Jordan Love though. Oh, I, I, I think he's got I think he's definitely got talent. There's no question about it. Way too it. early, way too early. To- yeah, I I mean fans fans out there. Well, they got to start playing Sean Clifford. Come on, yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah. First of all, Sean Clifford, yeah, he, he showed a little bit of a spark against, what, second, third, and fourth fourth teamers uh, in preseason. And he's, he was still making mistakes. He was still throwing some picks and stuff. Mm-hmm. But Jordan Love, let him figure it out. And I pulled up a couple interesting uh, stats. that uh, Remember Peyton Manning, his rookie season? 26 TDs but 28 interceptions for Peyton Manning. Now, again, I'm, I'm comparing Jordan Love to Hall of Fame quarterbacks. But still, Brett Favre in his first full season as a starter not, 90, not 1992 when he took over for Mikowski, but 93, 19 TDs, 24 interceptions. It takes some of these guys a little while to figure it out, right, and get acclimated. I know that he has been in the league for three years, but he hasn't been playing in those three years. So, like you said, now that there's tape on him, now he's got to adjust a yeah, little bit. Exactly. And the coaches stat, coaching has to adjust things for him. And uh, let's see if he he's got arm talent. He can scramble. He's got athleticism. And let's just see how this plays out. I don't want him benched by any stretch of the imagination. I wish that he could see the field a little bit better. Of course, hindsight always being twenty twenty. when you see the, the wide shots. You see mm-hmm. A.J. Dillon wide open in the flat when he threw that uh, game-ending pick against the Broncos. It's like, geez, why didn't he just turn left and see that there? And, and Dillon might have had enough yards for fourth down to bring out Anders Carlson for a potential game-winning kick. Same earlier in that game. He threw a fade, I think, to Dobbs in the left side. If, if he's going, if you're watching the game, he, left side of the screen, and they're setting up a screen for uh, Jones, where it looked like there was basically one Broncos defender with about four blockers that Jones might have been able to sneak into the end zone. I wish he, I wish it would slow down more for him, but I, I think that's just going to have to be the uh, ups and downs of a, of a first year starter with it, with the, with a lot of young talent around him. Listen, you brought up Peyton Manning. And I just double-checked. Peyton Manning had 
Hall of Famer's Marshall Falk yeah. at running back. Now, that was the year before they traded him, right? And then they got, oh, they just happened to have another Hall of Famer, Edger and James, right? And yeah. they had, oh, just this Hall of Famer called Marvin Harrison yeah. at one of the receivers. Yeah. And he had a very good, I'm not sure if he's Hall of Fame, but he's close, great center in Jeff Saturday, mm-hmm. right? So yep. this is with better weapons, I'm going to say, than what the Packers have. Mm-hmm. And he went through those growing pains. Even Peyton Manning went through those. Yeah, remember Peyton Manning. I'm looking at his career stats. He still threw 251 interceptions. I mean, yeah. he 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 was he could turn it over. Now he could light it up and, and uh, throw uh, over 500, 539 uh, career touchdowns. But yeah, that offensive line. I'm sorry, Packers fans. You know, they're going to need to draft offensive linemen, and they might have to draft them very high. So don't sit there and gripe when it's draft day. And, and it's not, a boring offensive lineman. Oh, geez, an offensive lineman. Well, we want a real sexy skill position guy. No, that you, that's where it, where it happens, right? Great offensive line. Look at the Lions right now. Yeah. Now, they got hammered by the Ravens, but they got a great offensive line. Yeah. And it, all of a sudden, Jared Goff has become a pro bowl, all pro <laughs> level quarterback. I know. I know. It's just weird for us to say that, but it's true. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, his numbers are good. Probably yeah. going to need to make a switch at center and, and, and figure out the guards and figure out left tackle, because I don't know if David Bakhtiari is going to suit up for the Packers ever again, unfortunately, but uh, we'll see how that all plays. Well, out. we're going to come back to this in two weeks and see where they're at because they play um, the Vikings. Brett, who do they play the following week? They play the Vikings this week. Do they have the Rams coming up? Yeah, I think uh, it is the Rams. Let me. Uh, they have a couple games at Lam. Finally, at Lambeau. It seems like it's been forever too since <laughs> yeah. they've been. So, at, so these are to home. me. These are two winnable games, mm-hmm. and the Rams are kind of like here and there too. Like they, yeah. you, you don't know what you're going to get from yeah. the Rams. Back to uh, back Vikings and and, Rams. and they're both at home. So both at noon too. Okay, so so you have two games, and then what would they be? Four and four, if they win those, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then we're talking, it's a different story, right? So I think, folks, after six weeks, just let this play out a little bit. There's still a lot of season left. There's still, what, 10, 11 games, depending on what, if you had your bye week already. Plenty of time. Let's just see how they fare. Now, is it panic mode or, or, or draft watch time if they lose to the Vikings and the Rams? That's tough, two and six? I mean, yeah. that's kind of tough to come back from. Well, I think Rosie hit it, hit it on, the, on the head, too. Is is You'd like to see some progression, though. Okay, you don't, you want to see... It it's staying static or even just kind of going down a little bit. I mean, at this point, why are receivers still bumping into each other? I mean, that that's where it comes back to what what are they not comprehending? Is it not being taught clearly enough? Right. Good point. Having said that too, and in, in drafting an offensive lineman, boy, if if, if they do have a bad season, end up with maybe three or four wins. Uh, hmm. Marvin Harrison Jr. in a Green Bay Packers uniform would uh, look pretty darn good, wouldn't it? Yes, Bears would take him first. Forget about <laughs> it. No, the Packers will. Uh, they got some uh, ammunition. Maybe move up if Carolina's got that top pick and just say, uh, "Hey, you know, we'll, we'll give you this. We want Marvin Harrison Jr. in our that's team." That's the Bears pick, Brett. You keep forgetting. <clears throat> oh, that's right. I forget about that, that. That the Bears have that. Yes. Well, the Bears keep winning games, though. Well, no, but Carolina doesn't. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they're uh, so they're. I think they're kind of safe there. I think you know the Packers can help themselves out because they play Carolina this year, don't they? I thought maybe they did. Maybe that the Bears do. Somehow Goody's sure. got to get Marvin Harrison Jr. in a Packers uniform because all they're missing that. Let's just say that too with their wide receiver play. I know everybody's, oh man, they got some talent. Do they? Do they? Christian Watson's always hurt. Christian Watson's always yeah. hurt. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, yeah, but is he is he a one or is he a three? Uh, who else am I missing? Uh, uh, out there as, as far as receivers uh well that samari toure is wicks hicks he doesn't play enough yeah. i think he should be out there more yeah people he, are making a case for him i think he he makes plays when he's out there i'm not sure why he's not out there a little listen, bit listen one thing the packers can't do is don't be dumb don't don't be dumb with the picks and try to trade up listen uh, I, I me and torque our friend uh was talking about this i believe a couple a week or two ago we we're talking about how carolina moved up remember the bears trade they gave up Two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and mm-hmm. DJ Moore to move up and get Bryce, uh, who's the kid from Alabama? I can't remember. Bryce Young? Bryce Young. Five-foot-ten quarterback. And now, oh, and then the Bears actually ended up signing Roshan, not Roshan, oh, Dante Foreman. So they, the Panthers are depleted. Remember, they traded Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. You're talking about teams depleted just to try to get that number one pick. Now look at them. They're really, really awful. I Just never, awful. I never understood why the Panthers traded Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he's, that that was yeah. and, and believe, remember what they traded him for. I think it was a second round pick, maybe and a fifth round. It was nothing 
you know, you didn't get back a whole lot to trade away, in my opinion, the best running back in the league. Oh, my goodness. I know well, he, he was he was injury play yes, for, for a while. But, but now they have nothing. And then they trade away their next, or they let their best running back, their next best running back go with Foreman to free agency. And that's a lot to give up. Now wow. they're, they're, they've set themselves back. I'm just saying, Packers, I, I can't see Goody doing that, but don't do that. No. You know, where your team is just bereft of draft capital yeah, for that and, many years. Do it, do it like the 49ers just did, right? Build that. I mean, John Lynch has been uh, doing a, an incredible job. Talk about good offensive lines out there, too, right? So right. they got one of the best uh, lines uh, offensively and defensively in football, too. Not the sexy picks, but like I said, but that's how you build your teams and uh, so start sustaining su- success. Those great Packers teams, when you had sitting and Lang, right? And you had Lindsley at center and you had Bakhtiari and Bulaga. That was a darn good offensive line. And it's no wonder why uh, they were able to have some success offensively because Rodgers was pretty clean and uh, they opened up some holes for those running backs, too. Well, gentlemen, let's do this again in two weeks, huh? So thank you so much for listening again to the 920 Sports Podcast. Uh, we'll be back here again in two weeks to talk about, uh, boy, where would they be at? They'll be at the semifinal level, I believe, for high school football, right? Yeah. Getting re- uh, this week is second right. round, next week, yeah, quarterfinal round. So, uh, yeah, we'll be here to update that and anything else that's going on. Maybe some early talk about uh, the upcoming basketball season as well. You never know. But uh, just be sure to subscribe, and you'll get the podcast delivered right to your phone, right? If you do iTunes, Google, uh, Stitcher, Stitcher, and or Google Play. So please uh, sign up and maybe leave a comment if you are so inclined. Until then, everyone, have a great couple of weeks. We'll see you back here for another episode of the 920 Sports Podcast.